Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. Today uh, we'll be covering round 18 and then uh, some talking points uh, heading into round 19. So five weeks to go. Um, it's the final stretch. Uh, there's not a lot to talk about, but we but we will find some topics and there are there are some injuries and, and uh, topical players to talk about. So we'll, we'll quickly touch on a couple of things, a couple of fun things. The Shield and Lipinski Um debate and and bet at the start of the year uh, we'll touch on that the leagues we've got a few leagues sort of making a charge late uh, we'll have a quick look at where they sit um, some injuries and concerns uh, for a couple of players we'll just take a look at the most traded in and, and traded out players a couple of those to sort of gauge some talking points and uh, and see what we think of them uh, rookies as always if, if people are looking for them and then we'll just do some quick question and answer uh, in the discord um, which we'll probably be doing a bit of, I would say, towards the end of the year. So if you want to uh, get involved, be sure to join the Discord and and we'll um, we'll answer some questions. But uh, first of all, we'll get to George. How are you, mate? How'd you go? And um, what'd you get up to on the weekend as well? Uh, good, Eno. Um, I uh, shaved the beard, left the goatee on. I was watching Eastbound <laughs> and Down. I don't know if you've seen that show, but it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, the old Kenny have. Powers swearing yep. his head off and... <laughs> Anyway, um, the otherwise weekend was good. Supercoach team was okay. Uh, scored 2,424. Stuck at rank 1.8K. Uh, kind of want to go down to zero trades, but we'll speak about that later in the video. It was like not even on the radar last week, and I've just like started to panic because I'm not going to get hit top 1K. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me out later on. We'll see how we go. Yeah, well, I think Jody um, said it last week. We tried to help you out in round two or three. It didn't work. Yeah, it happens every year, though. That's the thing. Um, yeah, it's like I, I think I'd, I've never had trades in the last three rounds ever. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Maybe once I had it in the last two rounds, but yeah, never happened. Last year, I think last four rounds had none left. And I got by just with a few rookies in the last round. So see how we go. But um, yeah, JD, how did you go? I went pretty well, thanks, George. So a 24.95, which uh, moves me up again. I'm sitting around 5K now. So still moving up about a K a week. So hopefully we can keep that momentum up, which is very good. And yes, um, logging on tonight and seeing your beautiful face, George, it made me finally realize what I would like the outcome of the Raul, Shield Lipinski bet to be, and that will be if we'll up Raul wins, <laughs> you get rid of whatever's sitting on your face at the moment, maybe using some beautiful landscape no. products. Uh, it is a very tight rightness now. McGrath's in the lead, and for those that don't remember, um, I bet at the start of the year that Raul would beat out. Shield is what George agreed to, but we later included Lipinski <laughs> as well. You had a and couple of bets. It is very tight at the moment, especially after a poor game from Rao on the weekend. Lipinski and Shield getting right back up there. So uh, what's that? Within eight points of Lipinski and Rao and, and Shield's uh, not too far behind on average, but he has played one less game. So, yep, that's heating up. But, yeah, I'm uh, definitely asking for that goatee to go if, uh, if Rao gets up. <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, Rao doesn't get up, the, the ponytail goes. Oh geez, that's a that's a not a fair trade. That's a lot bigger. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that offline. Um, uh, Eno, how'd you go, mate? How was your weekend? And, and let us know what you got up to. Yeah, uh, Super Coach. I think mean, mean you, JD, been just 
going along pretty nicely the last two or three weeks. So we're making a bit of a charge, so to speak. George is just hanging on. He reckons we'll, we'll eventually get him. But <laughs> uh, So 25, 26. So I think the last three weeks I've gone up 1K every week. So 3.3K now. Always top 1,000 is a goal. Probably fall short because it's still quite a bit of a jump still. I think it's like four or 500 points, which I guess you can make up in five weeks, but um, yeah, everything's got to go your way. So um, that's how the super coach went. Um, and then yesterday for my weekend, I've mentioned it on a video, uh, last week's video and and actually the tonight. So I just posted, but um, my good mate, Harry, who I went to school with and, and good mates with been probably 10 years. He's old man, Paul passed away. Paul Deere, who played for Hawthorne, uh, actually won a Norm Smith medal. Um, if, if you uh, weren't aware and, um, yeah, he passed away last week to pancreatic cancer and, uh, they had a lunch at, for Hawthorne on the weekend is like the biggest lunch in five years. And they sort of, um, added on the support for the dare to hope foundation, which, uh, Cherie, um, his wife and, and Paul started uh, a couple of years ago or maybe a year ago or so. And yeah, it was just good fun, you know, fundraising uh, for that. Spent a lot of time with family and friends. Saw a lot of people who used to play footy with down at Bowie there. And um, it was just just a good day sort of celebrating his life and getting the sort of word out there because it's like the second deadliest cancer in Australia now, which um, is pretty scary. Like uh, most people only get a couple of months or, you know, three or four months, I think. And and Paul got 21. So it's kind of the basis of the, the foundation, the dare to hope. You know, they want to make people's chances or lives better when they get that that terrible news so um that was yeah that was good yesterday to um to do that and, and show support for that so um yeah i'll put the link to below to to that and um get donating but back to super coach um oh, george actually before we go yeah. on there's one yep. other milestone we're celebrating which is eno is on the cusp of 1000 subscribers oh. which is a youtube <laughs> milestone and for those that are listening that play a little bit of the FPL, that is probably and it's bread and butter after a top 50 global finish last year. So, uh, yeah, sign up, get on board for that, have some content over the off-season. But, yeah, it's a big milestone, yep. so congrats. To do it in a yeah. year is very impressive. Oh, I mean, obviously, we all help each other. George uh, is the starter of that. But, I mean, we all I, for the only reason I started doing it was for fun. I didn't think I'd ever start making my own videos when... I don't know. All those years ago, I, I messaged Jaws to, you want to start a podcast, mate, <laughs> on Big Footy? <laughs> Didn't reply so, in three weeks. Yeah, just, let, oh. just burnt me and then... Um... <laughs> that sounds like a very on-brand for George. Uh, if you're a sponsor yeah, trying to get on the show for next year, I'd start contacting him now. You might get a reply in December. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I do it for fun, really. Like, it's just a hobby, of course. And um, yeah, I'll definitely do some FPL stuff and... You might have to start the fantasy, JD, mate, the way you're going as well. So he's already converted. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, the first thing um, we're going to quickly touch on, George, was wanted to look at a couple of the leagues we've got that were sort of making the charge. We we didn't have the best start to the year um, as sort of a community, but um, it is sort of coming home strong and I think a best league there is yeah the one in in seventh um we call it the sweats yeah. league but yeah that's yes. made a, a bit of a charge so um so I think we have um we have about eight leagues in the top 100 so we haven't really mentioned leagues this year because we haven't really been in the rankings no. till the last few weeks uh, we're making a bit of a charge after a slow start so yeah lots of learnings out of this year so the sweats league basically I just picked out the best players and a few people on Twitter that I know that are good players I think 
Pizza safety, he's really good. I think he's top three Hall of Fames. He's in that. Uh, Tommy, he's on Mario's Magic. So I listen to that every week. So he's not only his best year, but uh, he's probably the best player ever in Supercoach um, historically. And then a few others. I think Zach Rocket from Twitter. Like lots of good yeah. players are certainly are in there. Yeah. So um, I think Tommy's he's coming home well, I think. But um, but yeah, still everyone in that in that league is like high ranked uh, historically. Yeah. So uh, see how we go. And hopefully we can finish first or second. So there we go. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of regs doing well. We should probably shout out Polly. He's had a great couple of last years. He's in another top one. I think he's, is he like 400th now? He's just been consistent the last two or three years. Um, I think he said he was 700th, but let me have a check. Yeah, he, he was, was in... top 20, top 20 last year. So he's doing yep. well. He's yep. our best player in the court, I think. Yep. Oh, yes. He's got an interesting team name, which we won't repeat. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's I think 759 I we... at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And we could, take a quick look at the uh the 12 team leagues and this is we only do this for a bit of fun in our discord with some regulars where we sort of draft teams and and see who can do the best at the end of the year and jd's team's pretty much been first for most of the year i've caught up a bit my team wasn't going too too great my uh 11 teammates but uh we have to scroll down a bit to find george's team that's <laughs> sitting down there at 14th which 14th, okay. is uh Look, I don't think many people do 12-team leagues. So, <laughs> Well, basically, be... this league, yeah, we, we draft players from our regulars yeah. group that are most active, most like 2019 people that have been back since then. And, of course, I don't know how to, I don't know who's good and who's not. So I drafted the wrong people again. I think I've lost every year. So, um, yeah, a bit of fun, though. The, the league is fun, just a bit of trash talking they when we do the draft. Hit. So, oh, but yeah. Cool. Um, next thing on the agenda is just a couple of injuries and, and actually a couple of players we might just be concerned about having an injury, not that we have any sort of concrete information, but uh, the first one's pretty straightforward. Jelly, uh, Josh Kelly, um, he actually went off early with a, a back injury, right? George got collected by um, Beast Mode. Barometer. Yeah. <laughs> Barometer. He actually he played pretty well. He flattened him. He flattened yeah. him. And it was a fair tackle too. It was a good tackle. And then I yeah. think the physio was like working his back kind of like lower back into glute area so clearly jammed yeah. him up a bit and then moved him forward a bit after Correct. after that so one spent... had lower cbas than what you'd normally see yeah. yep and then copped a concussion apparently right in the last few minutes so right on the scum um, which it, is just so, yeah. <laughs> he's in protocol so he's, yep. yeah i think the question is what do you do with jelly or well, think first of all they dropped his cbas i don't know if that was because of his back but hopper was back as well who i think worry about him next year but he's averaging 50 something over two games so he could be a pick next year and i think uh, hopper and taranto both out of contract i think yes and gws have money struggles so you would think they put them in the midst to up their value um the shopping boat like i think it's guaranteed to say one of them would definitely go oh, yeah. maybe not yeah. both it just depends who goes but yeah and yeah. like bruins the other one yeah. um so i think he's a hold because it sounds like a one weaker but um we see players coming back from concussion, um, like English has just not looked the same. It's happened in the past. I reckon Lloyd a few years ago had a concussion and he wasn't the same for a few weeks. So it can happen, but you think he has a week off, he bounces back. Uh, I think, yeah, I guess he just got a hold. He's been okay, um, but a bit, a bit unlucky this week. So if you have the traits to move him on, on to someone better, sure. But um, one week injury, you treat it as that and it's probably a hold. Yep. But it I depends think- on your situation. 
I mean, we just spoke about Polly before. He's got him. He's had him for quite a while, I think, like a good couple of months. He's been decent for him. But because he's 700th, I'm pretty sure he's going to trade. He just like wants to try and keep pushing up, which makes sense, I guess. He has enough trades, I think, to do it. So I guess, yeah, just assess where you're at. If you want to play a bit safer, like you've got two or less trades and there are, you know, there might be other longer-term injuries coming, um, maybe you hold on to him and, and use some cover for a week. But I think like someone in Polly's position, he just wants to keep pushing up the ranks. He's got trades and it's just going to move him on. But I think the issue is who can you really go to? He dropped a bit of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he can really, really go down. I think he might be going Chad Warner from what he's saying. Uh, he I was mean, talking about McCluggage, Keys or yeah. Warner, I think, were the three that got floated. Yeah, I wouldn't go Keys because yeah. his CBA has dropped 20%. And actually during the week, he said that they were going to give the kids a bit more mid-time. I think he said him and Laird and Keys CBAs were going to drop. Laird CBAs went up and Keys <laughs> went down. So it was just like a throwaway. Not throwaway, but it was, like it was, it was on radio in Adelaide. So um wasn't that and much. They're doing it with on, Phil Thorpe and Rob, aren't they? So as well. On on the flip yeah. side, uh, Chuck Warner led the Swans with uh, 77% CBAs, which was equal highest for him for the year. Yep. And if you saw that horse and... Chad hug at the end of the game in the rooms. I don't think that's going to be changing. Did you guys not see that? He like gave him a massive hug, and like had the biggest grit on his face, horse. And you don't see that from him often. So I think he, I think he loves him. (laughs) He has been very, very, very good, and actually one that I think people will be looking at the start of next year, even though he'll already have a you know hundred average price tag. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. Um, There's not too many more. We're going to talk about a couple that. Uh, I might slide right to the end and then we'll get into Rowan there. But Hobbs, what happened there? JD, I didn't catch this game. Did he just get a shoulder knock or something? Yeah, that's right. He got cleaned up with a hip and shoulder, played out the game and played pretty well actually, but one to keep an eye on just because they were already mentioning resting him and stuff in a, a few weeks ago. So this could be the excuse they're looking for to actually rest him up if uh, something's mm-hmm. happened to the shoulder. So just keep an eye on him for those that are using Hobbs' cover. Yep, uh, and then well, we've put down a couple. These are more the concerns. So Tim English and Max Gorn. Uh, Tim English just hasn't sort of been himself. Uh, even sort of before the concussion, he wasn't. But then after that, he sort of come back and just isn't doing the same things he was most of the year, you know, running into space, getting a lot of possessions. Um, I guess, of course, Sweet played on the weekend, which, which didn't help because he's not really a forward. And then Tim did spend some time forward, but... Uh, regardless of that, he just hasn't looked the same. Uh, I'm sure you guys share the similar opinion, yeah. but um, a lot of knee strapping, which you've noticed like quite a lot. Is that something you probably worry about? But it's not much we can do really. I, like, we've got him in now. It's just a couple of them saying it, but just should have kept Heaney at the, at the time. Oh. Like, you, you can't really pick these things. Yeah. Like Heaney's p- pumping out tons for JD as, <laughs> as weird a timeline that is. <laughs> But, yep. uh, <laughs> this is very strange. <laughs> yeah. What have you seen, Jaws, with English? Oh, just no around the ground game. So he had like 50-odd points, 35 were from Hidatsu advantage. So he's nothing <laughs> around the ground, zero. Um, just hope he comes good. He scored 95 the week he came back. Yeah. But he, even then, he didn't look great. So, um, yeah, and he, like he could get no Hidatsu advantage on Ryder as well. So... Just see how he goes. Uh, like I didn't even notice him. Um, for so I reckon he started pretty well the first ten minutes, and then it was just invisible yeah. around the ground. Yeah. So the one thing I'm, I will say, I think... there was about three or four opportunities for 
bulldogs to hit him uh, yeah. in the open with you know kicks into the center of the field or whatever and they butchered a lot of them like there was one or two that he was open went out the full so look it's not the difference between like a 50 and a 100 or anything no, no. but there was definitely yeah. a lot of um points left on the table i felt from teammate mistakes and we also know that the saints ruck duo of marshall and Ryder is one of the tougher matchups for points yeah. across the league so i think you can kind of forgive him a little bit for both those things but you're right it's he looked a long way off the English we saw at the start of the year that was going to be F1. Yep. And the other one, uh, I guess, is Max Gorn, which, again, I, I didn't catch the game, so I have to lean on you guys for this one. But I guess I go to you, JD, because you um, sort of hit home bringing him in in, in fantasy with that Lyset matchup. Uh, oh, sorry, no Lyset, and then having what Finlayson uh, as an opponent, and he just didn't really take advantage of it. Did Jackson spend more time in the ruck uh, as a whole? Do you think? I actually so, looked at the numbers, but Jackson Jackson did do a bit of rucking, but it was like a 70-30 split still Gorn's favorite. Oh, really? He just didn't look right. And he didn't so it was like against Dixon a lot. And oh, yeah. if you look at the hit out numbers, Gorn only had 18. Dixon had eleven. So hmm. there there was definitely low stoppages um for this game. And Jackson, I think, got more around the ground stoppages than the 70-30 split reflects. He just didn't look right. It was a bit similar to English. You could mm. just tell that he wasn't at 100%. Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of a concern. Hopefully he bounces back. Uh, and he did get, I think, a, a fair few cheap touches in the fourth quarter. But, you know, no tackles next to his name isn't something you, you see all the, all the time. He just looked like maybe that ankle is still lingering a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they probably brought him back too early from that, didn't they, George, to sort of bit of desperation at that Cats game, but... Um, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I think he probably... was, if she asked Gorn, he probably would have played the week after. Yeah, he probably, <laughs> yeah, way, yeah. But, he's probably um, one of those guys, yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll come good, I think. Um, yeah. See yeah. how he goes. And then, yeah, the last one we'll talk about, because we're probably going to switch into talking about uh, trading options, but Paddy Ryder, so... We're waiting for that news and, and came out today four to six weeks uh, with the calf. So there's five weeks left that falls right in between that. And I, I said on my video just before, like I, I don't imagine if it's a four-week injury and, and I probably expect Saints to not be in finals contention that he, that he would even bother coming back for the last round of the year, you know, off a calf. If they're probably aiming for him to play next year, like you're just not a risk you want to take in round 23, I think. Um, like they'd have to be in contention for finals for him to bother playing. So... Or he's getting planning is, to retire. Or all that. Yeah, good point. Good point. If he's planning to retire and play sort of a farewell in there out of finals contention, then yeah, that's a good point. So Well, I think there's about way, five teams still in the running for eighth spot. They technically are. Uh, yeah. yeah. Including choking, choking, uh, choking it away. Mighty Including the bombers. bombers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Hang on, you guys are actually a chance. I think you guys can win the next I've, five. I, it's, so I think mathematically we still can, but I'm pretty sure like all the other teams have to lose a lot of games. So That's the thing, yeah. You got to hope for all of them to flop, like dogs to flop. Yeah. I mean, Gold like, Coast, you just beat. But... So we could get to 44 points with five wins, so that'd get get us oh, to 11 wins. Oh, but all the teams that, that are eighth yeah. and ninth, they're like nine or eight wins, so they'd have to oh, all lose like two yeah. of the next three, which you just. Oh, and, and, and we're behind on percentage. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, gotta be yeah, ahead of the game. Smash yeah. Some teams too. Yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. not, not yeah. going to happen. It's it's a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> yeah, I guess Saints are still a chance, but they really have looked poor the last couple of weeks. So, anyway, point is, I think Ryder pretty much out for the season. You can not definitively say, but have a fair, 
guess, uh, which means Roel Marshall, who a lot of us remember 2019. Um, I luckily jumped on him early that year for like four mid 400s and he was pumping out like 120s for two months. Uh, I think he sort of tailed off at the back end of that year, but uh, he's shown yeah, in the, in the solo ruck roll, he can score well. Um, I have the option of getting this week, um, but I, I think I'm going elsewhere. And I th- just think it's because I still do worry. He has had some injury concerns himself this year, hasn't he? So yeah, um, it hasn't been the best sort of 18 months for him. He's had a few problems. Um, he's sort of pushing through him, I'd say, but he is still a good option, I think. Uh, if you can only well, sort of go downwards, uh, he's probably the best of the cheap options. All going well, he should score because his scores are 124, yeah. 67, and that was 67 the next few rounds. He was awful. Um, yeah. He looked injured, I think. There was some concern like at training. I can't remember. This is the start uh, then, of the year, right? Yeah. So then he had another yep. two. So I'll read them all out. 124, 67, 125. Uh, I think there's a 92 in there. And then the one a few weeks ago against the Swans was a 156. So he can clearly With score. No yeah, yep. so no, those are with no riders. Only one bad score in round two when he looked pretty yep. shell of himself. Um, so 460K, I think he's a good buy. I think going to like zero trades or even one trade with him, a bit worried about his durability this year. Interrupted preseason, had a few interruptions earlier in the year. Just had that really down patch. But solo rucking, I think he's probably a top two ruck. <laughs> With Goldstein somehow, just the way yeah, things right. have worked out. Or Darcy's been pretty solid as well. Not the heights of last year, but like very, still very good, like at least top three. So I think he's fine. I think he's a good play. For, he's got a good upside and only five weeks to go. And like the Saints, I know you say like they're probably not expected to make finals, but uh, there's, still a, there's still a chance. Yeah. They've kind of blown what they could have done. But um, yeah, I think he. He'll need to play out of his skin like the rest of the Saints. I think they'll I think he'll be a good pick. Yeah. Yeah, anything to add, JD? Should we move on no, to the next man? Let's keep moving. So Dylan Moore is is the man I'm going for, or the or the pick I'm going for instead, who, who I can just afford. And um I, I think it's pretty clear and, and obvious why the last two weeks he's been thrust into the middle. Um I believe he was drafted as a, as a midfielder, right, George? And then yep. sort of just couldn't get a game or wasn't playing too well, I think, 2020. And then, uh, rep- I mean, reports were he, w- he was getting delisted and then turned his sort of career around uh, as a forward, um, you know, domin- like it, honestly dominating. The stuff he was doing last year as a forward was, was unreal and then sort of kicked on a bit with that this year. But he's he's been pushing up the ground a, a lot uh, lately. And then in the last two weeks, he's been a center bounce midfielder. So ahead of Titch uh, the last two weeks, ahead of like Connor Nash who was getting a few. Um, it sort of coincided with Warple going out. So it's it's Newcomb and O'Meara as the main two and then and Dylan Moore's the third uh, is, is what that sort of data shows the last two weeks. And, and he looks good there. Like I, I will be slightly concerned going with him for five weeks that, you know, Sammy Mitchell has shown he likes to throw things around, try plays in different spots. And with Hawks obviously not making finals, you're probably something that he will be doing the next, uh, the last five rounds. So, you know, maybe he does go back forward and he gives someone else a go in there. Like maybe Josh Ward, who's just come back in and played a good game. So uh, it is a bit concerning that that might happen, but uh, I have seen enough for a, 
for me to think that he hopefully persists with that just to see what he's got in there because he might be an option for the future. He's sort of shown that he doesn't really want to play Tom Mitchell in there anymore. He knows he's not the future. So he, I think he wants to give all that sort of time to him. Um, yeah. What have you guys seen? I'll just say, like, so 60% um, CBA's last two weeks. I guess, like, there's a couple of thoughts here. One, if you're trading him in, I'd try and find every Sam Mitchell presser you can find this week. He's actually been... a one of the sharper shooters when it comes to press this year seems to tell the truth for the most part, be pretty open and honest. So if he's getting questions around Dylan more expect probably a, a trustworthy answer, I would say. Uh, and then like, secondly, I'd say like this, he, we're already seeing him make his moves. Um, so if, if he says he likes this, I, I wouldn't see any reason why this is going to change the back half of the year. I also think the downside on this pick isn't too bad because even in his old role, Yes, his scores are a bit spiky and consistent, but he's still averaging something like a 90, right? 92 or so, something, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not exactly like the downside of this pick is terrible. I'm, I like it at the price for the upside that it presents. And I guess, George, I didn't mention, but the fixture is actually pretty good. Like North this week, they've got a couple of Tassie games. I think one's against Gold Coast. Um, and then I think Dogs is their hardest matchup last game of the year, also in Tassie. But yeah. So uh, North Saints, in Gold there. Coast, Richmond, yeah. the next four are very nice. So you probably say, yeah, exactly. So the next four are pretty good. So, um, yeah, is he, I think it's a good player. Yeah, yeah, between him and Rowan, what would you, what would you go oh. with? Because that's probably my decision. So help me out. <laughs> so two thoughts here. Uh, does not the sure. cover cover being like the DPP? Does that matter? Does that benefit? I think no. With English in my forward line, it doesn't really. Um, oh, yeah, because you could probably already someone else to... And then someone we probably haven't talked about yet is Tickle apparently might be back soon and, and might come straight in. I mean, we're not sure, but um, yeah, Depends he might be covered as well. Maybe so. Forget, forget the value of cover for a sake. Yeah, like, cover who's aside, gonna average, it's not relevant. Who's going to average yeah. more? It's worth noting, I did hear during the week that Dylan Moore said that he can play mid or forward. Um, But yeah, as JD said, like the floor is still pretty good when he's playing mostly half forward. Especially so, with a softer draw, like it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, True. he's uh, played, yeah. played played the Crows and the Eagles a pass too. And the game against the Dogs, who plays again, he scored a 112 with, I think, low 20 CBAs or something like that. Mm. Probably even less. Um, kicked a few goals there, though. So but he tackles a lot. Good kick to handball ratio, like really good. Um, He looks like he can do 105, 110, honestly, in if the 60% CBAs keep up. And I, you'd yep. think that... Like he's been at his best the past two weeks, probably, or I'd argue, but yeah, you think he maintains the mid time, just not 100% sure. So, but yeah, again, floor is okay. So, I think he can do 105 to 110. Whereas Rowan, Rowan's ceiling's higher than that, yeah, but floors might be lower too. And then and there's injury risk with him as exactly. well. So, yeah, I think if you're worried about the injury risk, uh, go more. If you're not worried about the injury risk, go Rowan. That's where I'll leave it. Yeah. I think there's a bit more comfort in Dylan Moore because of the durability there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have said upside sits with Marshall, although just looking at his next three opponents, West Coast and Hawks aren't particularly hard, but interesting is that in his last three against West Coast, so going back to 2019, hasn't tunned. Um, going back to 2020 with Hawks, he, he tunned in 2020, but the next two games he hasn't. And then against Geelong, he hasn't tunned. Uh, in the last three against them, so like just weird because none of those matches. I mean, I guess hard for they're different rucks this year, though. Like all and of them, it probably depends on where and the rider games, been, you know, yeah. Games. yeah, but it's yeah, with it, we've seen this last year with no rider, 
Marshall yep. just scores so much better. So I'd probably go there. West Coast might still have, yeah, no Nick Nat. So big BJ as an opponent, which should be pretty good for for Rowan. Uh, and then probably the other, the big forward in, I mean, we're only going through ones that people are trading in and uh, a lot of forwards, obviously, we're not going to talk about that we already own. You know, if you don't have Libba, obviously, I'd love to get him, but he's bloody pushing over 600K now. So not really an option. Um, but but Todd Goldstein, and uh, I can't afford it because <clears throat> Darcy Cameron's dropped too much money and Goldie uh, played another ripper on the weekend. So um, I think his five-round average is, is well up there uh, with the best. 106.85 um, round for Goldie. Yeah, I think there was a 50 in there, right? Which it uh, was a 55 and random, but yeah. Like, otherwise, um, everything else was being tons, including yeah. like two 120s and 135. Yeah, and then we know Cherry's out for the year, so uh, that's that's his role. Um, soaked up for the rest of the year, so yeah, he would probably be my number one of these three. I would say if you can if you can afford, um, but but for my instance, I can't. So. I guess, yeah, give you guys some thoughts on Goldstein and then I guess we'll say, would you put him ahead of Rowan and more or what, what we'd order these uh, at the end? So, um, JD, what, what do you got? Any haven't thoughts on Goldstein? About, and then, haven't yeah. talked about your boy Heaney in this mix. Uh, we've done enough talking about Heaney <laughs> for the year. Heaney probably not. I know five. you're loving it, but yeah, I think he's uh, ahead of him. So I would probably go... Uh, Maybe Goldstein, Rowan, more, but I like yeah. I like all of these options. I couldn't yep. blame anyone for picking any of them. There's no one that I dislike on this list. Yep, for a five week stretch. If you had to split them, George, I think there's nothing in it I, with Goldie. So he's what was his five round like 106? It's probably yeah. the same because CCJ has taken over Cherries, like pretty much he's the same as CBAs. Yeah, um, so yeah, Goldstein probably 105. More probably around the same Rowan's high ceilings. I'd actually have Rowan one, but the worst durability. Okay. Goldstein's fixtures nice as well. Like the they've got Hawks, Essendon, Swans, Adelaide, Gold Coast. So it's just lots of nice matchups with Goldie there. And he's been scoring better the last two weeks with the coach change. So Yeah, true. All right, so that's a few of the four. I mean, the, there's a couple. I guess we can touch on you wanted to touch on Haney, but maybe we'll touch on Taranto quickly i know a couple of people have gone for him because he, he was quite a cheap option um just we sort quickly, of spoke about it at this yeah yeah it didn't look great on the weekend i thought uh 54 cbas which was actually his most for the last four weeks but it did seem that he was out of the midfield rotation early and it was more a, a result of kelly going down that he got that extra time in so hopper yeah, was straight into the midfield to start the game and then couldn't run it out he looked terrible hopper uh, so I think Toronto is probably going to be okay next week with no Kelly, but then I'm a little bit worried once everyone's back what his split looks like because he has shown to be a capable forward and I don't think they're going to put Cogs back there. It was death for him. So a little bit worried. It was also oh, yeah. interesting, like, interesting byproduct as well. It's like Tom Green only had 27% CBAs, which was his lowest for the year. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Maybe his guess yep. or something. I don't know. I think with the, the F, I guess when you speak about Heaney, and Toronto, I think most people at this point in the year were planning for them to be like year M7, the year M9, F7 sort of thing. But I think Rowan's probably better now if you can get Rowan to F7. And then you can um, cover him in the ruck and then you use one of your DPP mids to cover in the midfield. So it kind of yeah. acts as the same thing. So I think Rowan's ahead of those two. 
But yeah, Henny is a nice fixture, and I'm half thinking about trading him in as a cover player. But bloop <laughs> him with Crips or something. But yeah, thought I'd touch on that. And then some trade-ins for the midfield. There's a few that, uh, again, we probably won't go over the highly owned guys, but sort of the affordable. Well, one of them actually isn't too affordable as he was when a lot of us got him in, and that's that's Zach Merritt, who's now over 600K, and George will hate us talking about him, but I, but I guess we have to. He's, he's just been in, in really good form, and it sort of coincides, I guess, with, with Essendon sort of turn in their form. Um, you know, he's probably not one of those players that uh, – it's probably harsh on him, but you know, always performs in when the team's going poorly. But like when they're going well, he is definitely one of the like best players for it, and um, he just benefits from that. Like the the stuff he does in a good team is is really good, and not not many can do. Like he's kicking inside fifty, that sort of thing. So I mean, I didn't catch the game, JD, but I'm sure he was doing a lot of that as well. Like he has been. Um, how did he look? Zach Merritt. Yep. Uh, he looked like his old nickname of top five mid. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was he was very good again. The last three weeks, he's probably been our best player. Um, just very very good, uh, both like at stoppages, but then also linking up through the ground. Runs hard both ways, so he does get a lot of cheap uncontested stuff, which is partly by design because they want him kicking uh, just with his good use. Um, but then also his work rate's been really good. Defensive pressure's been good. So been very well-rounded. I think he led us for score involved in something like 14 for the game as well. Um, and actually, he's like put a little bit of egg on my face because a few weeks ago, my bold call was that no one from Essendon, North or West Coast would be top of their line for the run home. For the, and, yeah. I, and Merritt definitely is. He's currently, I think, like the third um, best mid on form behind yep. well, Oliver, who's Mr. Week and Laird. Uh, there's a couple of others we'll talk about as well, actually. We've already mentioned Goldie, who looks like he could could ruin it, and there's two other mm. pods that we'll talk about later. But, yeah, Zach Merritt has been very, very good. And if Essendon continues to be competitive, I don't see why he would slow down. Maybe not a 125 average from here to the end, but you know, between 125 and 115 seems very reasonable. Just on Merritt, the reason why I put him on as a topic is his fixture is Collingwood North free WS as we call them because they're free GWS Port and Richmond. So none of these midfields Ooh. are Port's okay, but like Collingwood give up, like they all give up points. Everyone here. Yep. yep. So, um, I think he's going to just storm home and it's going to be pain for <laughs> people that don't own. So I think it's like, would you take a mirror over steel or meals right now? Cool. I guess we have to put the cash aside because he is hard to trade in now. He's 615K. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, when you put that fixture in front of me, I think it makes it hard for me to say to say no because he's, he's had the history. He's got oh. the history of 115. I know we want to say the other two guys have probably done it more this year and more recently, but... Oh, uh, wait. The- Merritt was like eighth or ninth best mid last year. But that's because which... of how deep the midfield is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Okay. These guys you are showing one twenty. Yeah. Like like Merritt's shown it recently. Oh sorry. Uh, yeah, I wasn't knocking him. Uh I meant I meant more more recently. Uh, I don't know. Like Mills just had a one twenty. <laughs> more recently. You, you, are you talking down to an Essendon player? You're gonna come over there. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> Um, Remind me to never bring up Eston plays again. <laughs> no, no, usually I'm pretty level-headed, but I mean, oh, come, come on. on. Put, 
put some respect <laughs> on Merritt's name. He's been one of the stalwarts of fantasy and supercoach formats for years. And nah. now what? What he yeah. has a slow start to the year with a bit of syndesmosis, and now he's dead to us. <laughs> you just upset he's overtaken Walsh and Kelly and all these other hacks. George is for sure. I'm yeah, not, for sure. I might put, start to stick the captaincy on him, JD, so, one of these weeks. So I was just going to oh say, my God. Um, next topic. <laughs> so just so just quickly, like Mills fixture run home is, is really nice as well. Swan's fixture is very good. So I think they both have probably reasonably easy fixtures. And so I could see Mills being right up there as well. For me, it's really hard to ever go past Jack Steele. Uh, yeah. I just think he's so yeah. safe. It doesn't matter whether St. Kilda's going good or bad. He's going to perform well. And I'm not sure I could say that for Merritt. Um, so I don't know. Like fixture-wise, I could see people going Merritt. I could see them going Mills. But then like, it's really hard to not say Steele. Yep. Agree. Yeah. And he's still the most affordable of the three as well. So, yeah. I mean, if yeah. you're still going to have trades left over after it, then based yep. on just having 50K that could get you to uh, uh, Stuart when he returns, I'd, I'd have Steele ahead of the other yep. two. Yep. Don't do what I'm doing and leave myself $100 last week. Probably one of the only myself $1,000 this week. It just makes your, your choices for a future trade uh, just narrows them down. So, Yep, that's a good point. And then, uh, we got anything else you guys want to talk about of tra- players to trade in or like topical players before we move on to the rookies? Next. I'm taking that as a no. <laughs> so the rookies, George will love talking about one of these uh, kids. Jai Cully, I'll start with, mate. What, what did you see from him on the weekend? He, uh, I think you were yourself, you didn't go Carmichael before, but yeah. then, he, then he comes in and... and does what he did for you, covering Clarion. Yeah, do, do you, I guess, do you think it persists for the rest of the year? Probably has to, right, for the position they're in. But Yeah, well, just to go over these rookies, we've got four here. So Carmichael, Cully, Johnson, Cumberland, Cully and Carmichael were getting CBAs. So uh, they like Carmichael's mature age. I think Cully's like 19, but he's like mature body. So out of those two. So I went Jai Cully a few weeks ago, and lo and behold, it's – turned out to work magnificently because I, I had to cover two plays this week in Big O and um, Clary. Oliver, yep. So, yeah, I need Curry. Uh, Cully's 90 was much appreciated this week. He looked good. I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter. They took him off for, felt like, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but, yeah, he's a big-bodied mid. He tackles a lot. Didn't win a lot of the ball, but all of his ball that he won was contested, and he got involved a bit. Like, he's a few handballs, a few kicks here and there. Uh, mostly, like at the stoppage, like at the source. That's where his points came from. Carmichael, similar, got a bit more of the ball, uh, butchered it like I've never seen before. At one <laughs> point, he nearly like missed his boot. Um, and his kicking efficiency, oh, at three-quarter time, I want to say it was about 6%. And he, I think he had 24 kicks, zero handball, something like that. Yep. yep. So going forward, uh, I think Cully's more chance to hold his spot just because West Coast got to play youth, whereas Colling would need a win to go he comes back. One or two bad mm. games from Carmichael, uh, maybe he's dropped. But I think they like him, and I think they'll keep playing him. Um, so out of these two, mm, I think Carmichael's still got a bit more upside. I'm not too sure what happened with Cully's injury. So I'd probably rank Carmichael then Cully. But I would be very happy going either of these. These are two gifts, I think. So um, do you have any thoughts, JD? Uh, I'd probably have Cully over Carmichael, but I think they're both good. Carmichael's job security worries me, or I think Cully does um, survive from here. Uh, Cumberland is worth a shout, though. So he's played the two games and he's kicked 
what, five goals over the two weeks. He's had something like, I want to say at least 10 scoring shots, maybe mm-hmm. 12, which has been phenomenal. So if you think about um, Maurice Rowley Jr., Judson Clark, some of these other small forward options that have been run through, he's looked far and away better in those two games than any of them have looked in any of the individual games. So I think his job security looks really good, but he's priced slightly higher than Carmichael and Cully. And his roles obviously were as a smaller forward as well. He's just managed to score really well in it. Uh, so yeah, like do not do not dismiss him as an option either. Yep, and I think we probably write Ash Johnson off here of, of, of the rest of them just because, yeah, again, he's okay. playing that. He's good, yeah, but as a super coach... Option, I think, yeah, the role's definitely the worst and who knows if he keeps his spot. But, yeah, you're right. He, he did look good. Um, did some lively things. But I guess we get into the Q&A. We're, That's um, right. We haven't got if you, too much more to, to talk about. If you're not a member of the Discord, now's the chance <laughs> for the plug. Um, so, as you know, we ask the Discord for questions for the podcast. And they do get priority. Um, so I've tried to group up some of the big themes as well as then bring out some of the specific trade questions. We'll go start with the themes here. So there's a lot of um, disciples of the Jordan Petito School of Trading. They are now asking, <laughs> can we go down to zero trades? Ugh. Is it too early to be hitting zero trades? So we've got. I don't five... care, bro. Get me out of groups. <laughs> so that wasn't... When I say I don't care, that means it's a bad trade. Put it that way. Um, so there's five weeks to go. In all likelihood, we'll have at least one, maybe two injuries, probably three between now and the end. Look, no matter how you spin it, it's a stupid idea to go to zero with five weeks to go because as soon as one player goes down long-term, minimum 50 points a week, you would think, unless you're like a sub-primo cover or something like that. Um, but the problem is that if your goal is to... Like if you're top 15, top 20 and you don't think you can get top 10 um, and you have like two trades left and you feel like your only chance is to use those two trades to get up, I don't see a problem with using them because it's like that's you, you have to do something. And I feel like for me to get into the top 1K, I have to do something. So you play for upside and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If I go steal to Crips, I think that's 30, 40 points a week. Um, and that's 200 points, which is basically equivalent of fielding like Hobbs over a forward, probably, or maybe not like a bot or something, but, um, yeah. So would I, is it smart to go down to zero? I think the odds are not in your favor, but if you need to do something to reach your goal, then, uh, I don't mind it. And you'd want decent, I got like three or four rookies covering. So, which kind of helps, but. Um, I'm still actually not sure I'll do it, but yeah, going down to zero, put it this way, the odds are not in your favor. (laughs) So just quickly, I would say by doing nothing, I actually am doing something. So I'm betting on there being injuries and my two trades then making up lots of points because I can replace a primo that others can't. So I I, I think you can still make up spots by not trading, but you are praying for carnage. Um, whereas someone that is actively using those trades and going down to zero is in the opposite camp. You're praying for no carnage. So it just depends on which one of those bets you think is going to make you more places up more of the time. So the guy that's in first, for example, the in the moment, um, Abdul, I believe his name is, uh, has zero trades, right? So if you're, if you're in second place, then 
holding on to trades might be the better strategy than trying to trade into the same team as him. Um, just especially because sideways, sidewaysing premiums can backfire. So yeah, and I, I, I personally think it's too early to go to to zero. As much as I'd like to get in steel for grips or whatever it is, but uh, yeah, Eno, your thoughts? Uh, it, it's yeah, it's a no from me. I just you can, it's gonna blow up in your face, hundred percent. You gotta have an injury in a couple of weeks to go, and, and fielding. I mean, you do have cover that I guess is uh, a better part about it. Whereas like for my team, I've really only got Paul Curtis on the bench, so you have got to assess your team. Uh, of 30 and George is probably in a better position to go to zero than most with the cover he's got but I still wouldn't go there I still think the points you can get from you know sidewaysing a primo that's injured is better than um, the cover for a couple of rounds but okay hey it's your own just just know and what's going to happen and if it happens and how your reaction is going to be and how pissed off okay (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah uh, I already had a comment on YouTube like "Don't cry if your flood goes your way" something like that. <laughs> well, so, simple. What yeah. round? What what round are you willing to go to zero at? I think two, two left. Like just before the uh, there's two games to play. So, um, okay, maybe three, but probably two for me. Um, because obviously you want to see if you get injuries that week, and then obviously in the last round. You you don't really know if someone gets injured during those games. It obviously, doesn't matter. The season's over, so probably two. JD, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, probably around then three, three or two weeks. Uh, like I'm probably at the point as well where I'll be making cash league finals, so <laughs> I, I might use it for that and, and abandon overall. We'll see. Depends what your priorities are. Again, yeah, yeah, yep. Everyone's different. I mean, whether I finish like. I don't know, four or five four, k, four k, or four point one k, whatever. Yeah. Like it's still yep. <laughs> trashier by I my agree. standards, but winning yep. the cash might might ease the pain a little bit. <laughs> exactly. All right. So second question, and actually, these kind of there's two that tie in together. So one person was asking, "Who's your ultimate lowish owned DPP cover for the rest of season?" Don't worry about price. Just pick a, a low ownership pod for cover. Uh, and then the second question here was asking about some of the cheaper alternative guys that are on a hot streak at the moment and whether you would advocate for trading them in for the rest of the season. So let's start with those players that are on the hot streak and then let's see if it informs the who are the lowish owned DPB covers that we could look at. So firstly, we've already talked about Dylan Moore. Um, I'm just looking for a yes or no. Um, are, you, are you okay with people trading him in? Yeah, I have to say yes because I think I am. So yep. Oh yep, three yeses on Dilmore. Uh, Marshall. Yep. Yes. LDU, who is on form. He's a top eight mid over the last five weeks, and this was one of the ones that's going to call out. Six hundred K, bro. He is he's expensive now. Yeah. If people are doing luxury stuff and they can get in an LDU for six hundred K, so he's a one twenty one average over the last five. Um. Uh, well, he's got, I think, McRae, Petrarca, Merritt, Laird, and Oliver ahead of him for, for midfielders over the last five. So he's sixth at the moment for, for mids. So yes and, or no? And North runs, uh, I mean, if, yeah, if you can afford it and, you know, there's no, I guess there's probably eight mids better than him, but yeah, I'll say, yeah, why not? They're not their run's pretty good, North, but. It's a no from me. I think there's better alternatives. I'll probably go no as well, as much as I would like to say yes. 
One of my mates went um, him and, and he was pretty happy. <laughs> all right. One that we've been hot on for a little bit. He's a little bit of a my guy. Um, uh, there's a few people in Discord that will claim him as well, but Chad Warner, he's uh, five-round average is just 110, but he's three-round average is 137. And uh, as we kind of mentioned, he's taking over some of the CBAs in that Swans midfield. Yes or no to bringing in Chuck Warner mid-only? I mean, if he's your only option, like uh, we were talking about with Polly, with with Jally going down, I think he's definitely the best of the sort of sub five fifties. So, in that regard, yes. But um, you know, obviously not trading him in ahead of Steele and guys like that. So, uh, yep. If he's all you can afford and below, then yes. But otherwise, no. All right, I'll uh, agree with Eno. I think it's fine at the price. And the dude, the Chad Warner dude in Discord, has been like. Every week, like we or you guys, when are you going to mention Chad Ward on the pod? So you get your wish. There you go. Did we do it twice in one pod? Wow. Look, George, I think isn't there a kid that's standing every player in the league in our Discord? So <laughs> <laughs> someone's yeah. started a cult for every player that exists, but yeah. <laughs> the hate league cult was dead, unfortunately, but. <laughs> And then, uh, unfortunately, he isn't the number one defender on five-round average. That title goes to Nick Dacos. But the number two <laughs> defender on five-round oh, average is one Mason Redman, who's gone 121 over the last five, uh, coming off a 152 on the weekend. Thoughts on Redman as a pod trade-in for defense? Again, that the, like if you can afford it, yeah, but he's looked good. He's looked really good. I think I would still... Stuart's back next week. Another good point. Another good point. If you can hold off a Stuart, I guess that's the the play, but that's a week away. So if you wanted to go this week, I'd probably guess that you don't have Dacos either. So I'd probably have Dacos ahead of Redmond if you were to bring someone in at that sort of price this week. But I'll be impressed by Redmond. I think he's he's a really good player. Um, And I guess he's got the role, but yeah. I guess it continues, right? He's been working. He's been playing really well. So I've got no issues All with right. him. Excellent. Okay. So ultimate lowish owned DB cover for rest of season. No price consideration. Look, no price. Probably. Yeah, I was going to say, like, no price makes it a bit. Um, so yeah. I believe the same person actually asked, would you bring in Libba or Sinclair this week? <sighs> Sinclair looks like he might cop two tags, and he's probably going to score 140 in between those games anyway, the way he's going. Um, no salt there, George. <laughs> no salt hey, in the tears here, mate. Everyone you don't own that's going well. There's salt, but yeah, no, good point, yeah. George. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll like, probably I'd, say Libba. That's just, yeah. Let's say Libba too. It's yeah, again, with Trelaw's moved to halfback, so I think the... I, I don't know. They've kept that there for two weeks. So maybe I he stays there. Maybe he's got Himmelberg JD where he can sort of swing and then decide either way. That, that's probably uh, my guess. Could be, yeah, could be. Yeah, because otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I think Libba. Yep. Just because yeah, of those perfect. tags. One tag game and it sort of ruins the, the total yep, points. I think so. Yep. I, would have, I would have had Sinclair ahead until taggers have cropped up for halfbacks in the second half of the year. Yep. All right, um, so we've now got five names that I think we'd all be happy trading out, but I want you guys to order them from who you most prefer to trade out to least. So the names are Butters, Crips, Short, Crisp, and Green. 
So I think ideally in a perfect world where we had money in trades, we would move all of these on. But if you had to rank them from highest priority to, to trade out to least. Okay. okay. Can we just speak about Crips for one moment, please? Because I, a lot of people get rid of him. I want to get rid of him. Jack, so you're back this no, no. Jack, no. Who wants to meet? Patrick Crips. Yes, Crips. <laughs> okay, so he got tagged by Blitzarves. Blitzarves was like shoving him at stoppages nonstop. It was on, um, I think it was on first crack or something. And Pitney is supposed to come back this week. So that might relief, um, give him a bit of re- relief in the ruck. Um, so he scored the 80. He hasn't really, it's been getting like 90s and high 80s the past few weeks. Uh, as much as I want to get rid of him, and I still want to, there's a chance we might see an uptick this week with Pitney back. Yep. And he won't get tagged. So, yeah, just thought I'd add that. Okay. But yeah, moving excellent. on to the, sorry uh, to interrupt there, but yeah, the, the five players. Yep. First one, Tom Green got to go. Yep. Uh, CBAs Thanks. are gone. Thanks, Diamond. Uh, <laughs> Tom Green got to go. Um, the next one is Butters. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Butters, you don't know. You're going to get like a 60 or 100 or like a 110, 120. Um, I didn't see the game. What? Did he look like? He actually ended up with a 74, which I thought he was going to finish on something much lower than that. But he hasn't tonned since round 11 against Essendon. Oh, 15 yeah. CBAs. 15%. Okay, say so Butters. So Tom Green, Green Butters. Yeah. Butters. And then uh, Crisp, the third. No, no. Crisp, I'd hold. I'd go... Green, get rid of Green, then get rid of Butters, then get rid of Short, then get rid of Crips, then get rid of Crisp. Yeah, I think the first two are easy, Butters and, and Green. Um, then I probably have Crips as the next one. I think because this is the difference in scoring in the mids is, is probably yeah. bigger, like with him going 80 and other mids possible to go 120 plus, whereas sort of your Short and Crisp should probably go around 90 at like absolute worst. And then the difference to the top guys isn't as much. So, I mean, whatever order you have short and crisp in, I'd probably maybe have shorty still as a more priority trade out than crisp. Cause look, as much as I bad Chris, surely he has to turn around at some point. I mean, the role is probably more the, the worrying part that mm-hmm. he's sort of been getting thrown around, you know, sort of like what Dacos was, but yeah. So Short had his lowest CBA since he got moved into the midfield yep. with just 15% and he was uh, like starting forward something like 40% of the time. So this is a bad, bad role. Yep. Yeah, but he's sort of been doing most of that for a while. He pushes up to the stoppage and he still gets what, 25, t- you know, 20, 25 They feed touches. him at half forward. They feed him, but it's, yeah, of course, not what you want. It's not that optimal. That, that was against a North team that they lost to. So yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not looking yeah. good. No, Which no, I, it's not. I but Chris honestly yeah. isn't either. He he's been playing some forward too himself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So look, you can split them whatever way, but I probably would have Crips still as a trade out just because of the like I said, the point difference. It might get you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree actually. Yeah. Yep. I w- yeah. I would agree. So green butters Crips, and then probably short over Crisp. But yeah, you could have it. Crisp I guess that's the main pe- call people are making, right? They're probably going, "Do I do crips or do I do a shorty crisp?" So, like, I know if you've got green and butters, just buddy get rid of them. But that's probably the main decision people are making. I would say. All right. 
specific trade questions. We'll just rapid fire these. So just yes, yep. no's. Um, so Darcy Cameron still more would have one trade left. Yep. Yep. Upgrade to Bont, but go to zero trades. I agree. I say no because zero trades with five rounds is tough. Time, so no. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I would say no. And I think we're all going to have the same answers as the last question. So okay to go to zero trades to get rid of Crips. So no, I don't think it is. I'm no. holding Crips, holding two trades. I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, as a way, we haven't done yep. well enough. Yeah, no, no. We haven't, haven't succeeded. <laughs> haven't succeeded. Baker to Rowan, Marshall or more and go to two trades. But Baker is currently cover. Um. Well, if you have an really yeah, I guess, yeah, I would say no. I would say no. I think uh, I'd although, be cool with going Baker to Rowan. Um, yes, and I just, wouldn't do Because then you put Rowan on field and then you move you whoever your worst F6 is to bench. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm going to say yes because you're not going to be able to do it next week probably with money. Yeah, the the only other thing it's, yeah, the only th- other thing that's weird with that one is like usually rather than like getting your bench cover better, there's usually a better on-field trade, like getting rid of a Crips or getting Stewart or something next week. So it's the yeah, only thing I'd, I'd consider. All right, so trade in Cogs or Bezlenka with two trades and low cash left or get Marshall with 100K left to use on other upgrades like short to Stewart. I think go, go Rowan. Rowan. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great. 100K will be handy. Uh, mm-hmm. McDonald to Cully and Crips to Bont, Mills or Walsh. Trades left would have been nice to know, but it would have been. Yeah. Um, Let's assume that it's two. Uh, like two will be left after the two will be done. left. Yeah. I'd do it. Yep. Yeah. To Marcus. Yep. Uh, well, it's in the midfield, well, but midfield, yeah, probably. Yeah. Bond's probably yeah. better informed Still than Marcus. Mills. But it wouldn't be Walsh, though. It'd be Bond or Mills. Um, so we've already, I think we've already answered this a little bit, but trade or hold jelly, have two trades left, but with cover. <sighs> I think the, uh, it'd be good to know what the cover was again. But I think, yeah, with the cover, if it's good enough, I'd hold for one week. Keep yeah. those two. Yep. One week's always been a hold. Yeah. Yep. If it's like a Taranto or a Heaney or someone like that, then yeah, I'd say totally hold. Yep. If it's a rookie, then I don't know, maybe look at getting better cover or think about moving him on. If you can move him on to something like a steal, I'd probably yep. do that. If you get the steal in one, I'd do that actually, just because steal's so good. Yep, yep. exactly. It's an upgrade for the run home as well as better score for this week all right perfect thanks boys that is the questions from the discord for the week cool and i guess we'll quickly wrap up like we always do with captains what our early thoughts are on a monday of course that will always change possibly towards the end of the week i put the vc on sinclair something i probably thought i'd never do but that got me a decent (laughs) enough score of course bont would have been a lovely choice but early thoughts boys i think for me vc's got to be on brayshaw in my opinion, I just think we're just a very easy team to score points on in the mids. And um, Andy, I think, went, what, 180, 190 last year against us as well. So um, that's the VC. Probably, hopefully, take that. Anything over 120, I'll probably take these days. Don't want to risk it too much. Um, but backup might be steel against West Coast. I think that looks like a good one, even though it's the last game of the round. You're always a bit nervous. But, yeah, pretty sure I'm just steel, I think I've got. What about you, George? I don't know. I might <laughs> just go Laird, BC, into well, Neil and Oliver. I'm only inter- interested in using those three, to be honest. 
Yeah. Um, Laid into Clary. Oh, I see. I have a real hard time going Clary week back with the hand thing. Week so I've back. Cur- yeah. That's true. Dogs as well. Yeah. So I've currently got. I, I think captains it, this but... week is really hard. So yeah, um, I actually really like Eno's. For those who have Brayshaw, I really like Brayshaw as a VC this week. So um, he's a harder th- part, isn't it? I, I think you could also like if you got Goldie, you could you could even entertain VCing him depending on what your other options are um, against the Hawks. But yeah, Laird VC just seems like the obvious one for me, just in form. Um, and crazy. I've probably got a low threshold this week. Like I think I'll anything one twenty plus I'll take, maybe even as low as a one fifteen. Uh, and then I currently have Merritt C against Collingwood. <laughs> just don't think he'll get tagged. Should get enough um, points around the ground to kind of you know get a reasonable score. Has good history against him. So 123, 121, 16, last three. So, yeah, if 120 is about my benchmark, he seems as, as safe a target as any for that. I'll take a yep. 115, 110 this week, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, I don't have Steel because I'd probably go Steel over Merit as a captain option. And I don't yeah. have Brayshaw because Brayshaw into Laird, I would look at as well. Okay. Yep. I do like Mills if you have Mills. VC on Mills if you have him against the Crows. But yeah, yeah. it's the only problem is it's like same time as Laird. So which one do you do you uh, I think Mills got a nicer matchup there. Do you go for upside as well with the VC, yeah. I guess? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the captain is harder the later, sort of later captain in, in the later parts of the round if your VC fails. But as always, hopefully we don't have to think about that and we can just lock in a nice score. So I think that wraps it up, boys. Nothing else uh, you want to bring up before we before we jump off? Mm, not really. Maybe we'll do a trades video this week. Yep. Or maybe comment um, some ideas uh, for sort of podcasts. We're actually going to do... I don't know if we even should uh, release this, but we're going to do some podcasts into the the finals, and it's obviously not going to be too super coach related. But we're going to maybe do some some quizzes, some um, some rankings, maybe sort of a season review uh, for super coach. Give out some fake awards that we make up for uh, you know yeah, best rookie, be best player, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, maybe drop any ideas you have for us to do uh, through the finals. We might probably incorporate some something from the Discord, you know, get people involved. So. Yeah, maybe comment below what you think we should do. But other than that, thanks for listening to another podcast. We'll um, we'll just tweet our trades as usual or what we're doing each week from now. We won't be doing those videos anymore. So uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys next week on the podcast.